Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hello, and welcome to a lot, well, not live in Paris, but uh, a Paris podcast of the Double Dutch Rudder. And I've got some, uh, thankfully, some guests this time around. Uh, Craig has been on the show before. What's up? Uh, but we have somebody new, uh, our rhythm guitar player from the Dad Bods, <laughs> Charlie. Good evening. Hello. Listen, I was really digging that intro music, by the yeah. way. Yeah. That was it's an original right composition. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Thank you. All right. Uh, so I thought this time around, this is a topic I actually thought of just the other day, and I thought it'd be interesting. Uh, and we were talking a little bit about uh, something kind of, I think, kind of related to this. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to tell that story, Craig, but uh, I, I think uh, some of the aspects of it would relate to this I topic. I will change the names to protect these. There you go. Yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about family dysfunction. And uh, I guess with that, uh, Craig, do you kind of want to take it away with your little story? or? Uh, well, yeah, sure. I can get it started. So- All right. I'll start by saying that it seems like every family's got someone. Oh, yeah. yeah who's definitely. a fuck up. Yeah. There's yeah, I mean, one like, for lack of better terms, right? Or it may fuck up's a harsh word. Uh, how about someone who. Still growing and learning. Bam. Yeah. That's a yeah. good way to say it. You know, there are sheep that's gone away from the herd. Yeah. And uh, I have a particular family member who is struggling with a meth addiction. Yeah. And. It's a kind of a double whammy because he's still living at home, even though he's almost 40. Yeah. And his dad, um, obviously also a family member, yeah. um, is probably struggling with some mental health issues himself. Yeah. So it's kind of a perfect storm of trouble, if you would. Yeah. And... For my family, and I'm going to lump you in there too, Corey, just because we're, we are, we're, we're, we're cousins. So. Parts of our families, we should say, have this whole, you know, everything remains a secret. If there's problems, we don't talk about the problems. Yeah. It, it's, we hide them away. Yeah. Right? It's the ostrich sin- syndrome. Right. If you, if, if you don't pay attention to them, they don't exist. Right, right, right. You know, and unfortunately, that's been the status quo for these two. Yeah. Uh, my uncle and cousin, and needless to say, it's only gotten progressively worse. Yeah. And it wasn't until probably about three months ago that my family, my immediate family, mom and dad and all that, got clued into any of this because we knew there was something going on with my cousin because anytime he was brought up, my uncle would just be like, we don't talk about him. Yeah. We don't talk about him. We don't talk about him at all. Uh, So we knew there was something going on. And unfortunately, uh, my uncle has developed Parkinson's, so he had a surgery to help relieve that, which has gone well, yeah. okay, brain surgery. Uh, however, he needed help getting through all that stuff done, and my mom was like, well, how come Greg's cousin can't yeah. help out? And that's when, you know, the cat came out of the bag. Yeah. So now that my parents are aware of what's going on, they're getting phone calls from my uncle Saying, "Hey, here's what's happening. Uh, you know, I tried to wake him up to go to work, and he he won't wake up. Yeah, what should I do? Right? Uh, 
he's laying on the ground having a bad trip saying he wants to be arrested. What should I do? He's somewhere in a car, went to work and got lost, even though he goes to the same place every fucking day. Can you guys help? You know what I mean? So it just, it, now the shit has started to roll towards my family. Yeah. And, you know, we're not equipped to deal with that. We're not professionals, right? Yeah. And they need professional help because my uncle, he's getting just as crazy, I think, as my cousin. Yeah. He just has old age to cause his craziness, not yeah. an addiction <laughs> to a drug. And they're looking for help, but I don't think they're looking in the right place. Yeah. This is not a yeah. problem that me or my family can solve. This is a problem that professionals need to solve, but yeah. they can't. Unless they're willing to ask for that help. Yeah. They're not going to get it. Yeah. And that's a big thing. I mean, because the three of us, you, me, and Charlie were talking about this earlier. You know, it's, you can't help somebody that doesn't want help. Um, But to me, I mean, I think one of the biggest aspects of that, and not to say that parents are at fault for everything, but I think parents can have a very significant impact on the way that their children deal with issues. And so if you've got parents that don't deal with things health healthy, then you're going to have kids that don't know how to deal with it healthily either. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah. And it's, well, and I think part of the struggle is as a father, the only, well, your stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. But, your stepkids weren't little babies, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's hard to not look at your kid as if he's your kid. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, in my mind, I think my oldest is always going to be perpetually seven. Yeah. Even when he's a teenager, I'm probably going to look at him as a seven-year-old. You yeah. know what I mean? Or just a little kid, right? Yeah. So if you look at it at the aspect of my little kid has a problem. I need to fix it because as a parent and when the kid's little, they can't help themselves. So it's your job to help them. I don't think that's a healthy way to solve that problem Yeah, because you're not looking at this person as an adult. You're looking at him as a seven year old kid who needs to, you know, stop drinking too many Dr. Peppers. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not that simple of a solution. You can't just, Hide the Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because I've had to, I've really had to kind of coach my girlfriend in dealing with her son because he's now 18 years old and she has always had this habit of kind of babying him, doing things for him. Like you said, trying to solve his problems for him. Right. And at some point you have to let, like you, you have to let them make mistakes. Like that, that's the only way some people learn. Yeah. Some people will listen. And then some people, they just have to make the mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. you got to let them touch the hot stove so they learn, hey, you're going to get burned if you're going to do that. Yep. So. Yep. And I think that's the biggest struggle that they're having over there is yeah. you're handling a situation with kids' gloves that needs actual hands. Yeah. There's a, there's a know, thing that's, uh, I can't remember if Maria told me or who who was, but somebody said that uh, the main reason people go to therapy is to deal with people who refuse to go to therapy. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And so like just if, if the precedent has been set that we will not be going to get help from professionals. Right. Yeah. Then, you know, 
that will be dealt with in the same way until somebody decides to, okay, we need some help. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like I was saying on the way up here, I will not be surprised when or if, I'm not going to say when because, of course, we don't want it to happen, but yeah. if my mom was to call me and say, well, your cousin overdosed, but they found him dead in his bed, right? Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. I'm not going to be surprised if I get a phone call that says, well, your uncle and cousin got into a physical fight because, you know, your uncle said something or blah, 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 and one of them's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? From this fight or, you know, or whatever, beaten severely or whatever. Because at this point, it's going to take a dramatic climax. Yeah. You know what I mean? To move forward. Yeah. Or backwards, depending on how you look at it, you know? Yeah. So that's, I mean, and that's not, obviously, it's not a preferred outcome. But mm-hmm. when people are got their feet dug in the sand, like Charlie said, you, yeah. you know, if, they're, if we're on the, well, we're not going to go to a counselor, then they're not going to go to a counselor and it's going to be solved the other way. And who knows? I mean, that might not solve all the problems. Yeah. You know, it's not like a counselor can wave a magic wand and then, oh, we're all cured and we're good to go, you yeah. know. At the end of the day, my cousin is going to be a drug addict for the rest of his life. Yeah. And it's going to be something he struggles with for the rest of his life. Yeah. Right? Well, and addiction is not a problem that someone else can solve. Exactly. Like, it's a, it's a problem he has to deal with, and he has to be willing to deal with it. Right. And, you know? and it's going to be a battle for him forever. You yeah. know what I mean? Until he actually does die, whether naturally either, or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Either bo- a battle by himself or... A battle with people who are exactly giving him the guidance. Okay, and yeah, resources. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you know, like in the movie, uh, shit. What was the name of that movie? Star Wars. No, <laughs> Sin City. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. There's a line in that movie where uh, Benicio del Toro's character, whatever his name was in that movie. Oh yeah. He says a smoker is always a smoker, especially when the chips are down. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense because someone will quit smoking, right? Yeah. But if they have a shitty day, what's the first thing they're going to want? Yeah. A cigarette, right? You know what I mean? So same thing. If, let's say, God willing, he cures himself, or not cures himself, but he learns to manage his addiction to meth. Yeah. When he has a shitty day, what's the first thing he's going to want to do? Yeah. Well, that's And that's going to be... It's the a new, mountain to climb. Yeah, it's a new yeah. chore. Just that's added. Right. It's taking out the trash every yep. day. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's another stressor on you when you have oh, so many other stressors. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 to have a actual case in point on that, it's it's like, I, and I don't want to name drop here, and I'm not going to, but you know, I know people, family members who have uh, who have an alcohol problem, and I was actually uh, very. Uh, what's the word heartened to hear um, that one of the people uh, that is in the family that did have a drinking problem. I did find out a few months ago that they had not had a drink in over a year. And I was very happy to hear that. Now I will say (laughs) just from my own perspective, because I got to deal with that particular issue firsthand, uh, which was not fun dealing with somebody with, whether it be drugs or alcohol or whatever, dealing with somebody with an addiction is never pleasant. It's never an enjoyable experience. And, and like you said, at at some point you do have to kind of say, this is not my problem anymore. Right. You need to resolve this yourself because 
I can't do it for you. I can tell you you have a problem, but and you can either accept the fact that you've got a problem or you can deny the fact you have a problem. But at the end of the day, it's not my problem to deal with. And I ended up in that particular situation basically saying, you got to go. Right. And you got to take right. care of this. And, and thankfully it took, I don't know, 15 years for that to happen, but, but it finally gonna... happened. So, and, and I hope that he, you know, he, he continues on the path he's on. I think it's much better for him and his family and everything. And yeah, that's, that's. Well, and that's the, that is the one fortunate thing, I guess, out of this whole deal. Yeah. My cousin's a meth addict bum, but he still lives with his parents, doesn't have a wife, doesn't yeah. have any kids, so it, it's only affecting... It's only affecting his parents. Him and his parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like you have some kid that's going to school and having to deal with all the emotional trauma of that bullshit. It's not being, it's yeah. not being passed down yet. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. And from what my uncle says, you know, he's never even seen a girl around because what girl would be interested in, you know... Dating a meth-headed bum, which, of course, the answer to that would be meth-headed meth girl worm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, a yeah. girl who's a meth or a guy. They're actually really his, into that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, depending on whatever his, you know, uh, vice of choices, whatever, between man or woman, oh, right? Oh. But either way, you know. That's at, a completely least, different yeah, topic for a different thing. podcast. Right, right. <laughs> but at least, you know, looking at it from that perspective, at least it's not a cascading effect of, not yeah. only am I fucking myself up, I'm messing up my future generation. Yeah. Because there is no future generation currently. Yeah. And, I, I mean, if he's living at home, you know, it's kind of hard to sneak a chick into your room and bang him when your parents are right there. Yeah. Speaking from experience, you know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other way to look at it. Yeah, you know? that's, that's a good point. And, yeah, I mean, if you're really if you at least recognize that you have a problem, the last thing you want to do is bring somebody into that. Right. So, I mean, again, you know. unless he finds someone who already has a problem. Yeah. Or has, probably fine. Or someone who has meth. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. find someone who's in recovery. Yeah. Like that would be the optimal thing for yeah. him to find is somebody who's been through it. Yeah. Experienced it. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? I mean, I don't know. The moral of the story is that it's a circular journey right now and no one's going anywhere. Yeah. And something's going to have to give and it's just a matter of when does it give? What, you know, traumatic major experience is going to happen first? Is he going to overdose? Yeah. Is his dad, who's not getting any younger, just going to die of natural causes? Yeah. Is his dad going to shoot him like he keeps saying he's going to? <laughs> I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to take a cataclysmic event yeah. at this point. For something to change. That's, yeah. that's no bueno. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's all I got to say about that. That's all you got to say about that. Well, Charlie, do you have any experience with just with either meth? just witness? Uh, no, if, <laughs> of course, with meth, yeah. Judging by his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's the blonde hair that gives yeah. the meth away. Yeah, the, the hair really um, insinuates that I use meth heavily and frequently. <laughs> Judging yeah. by the Draco Malfoy look that he's got going on. <laughs> Craig is... Craig is right in saying my teeth never had a cavity. Hey. Not trying to brag, but there it is. Uh, meth, <laughs> very meth free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Family, family members with addiction. Um, we've had uh, actually one reason that uh, my mom's side of the family, actually both sides of the family. Now I think about it. Um, I'm one of the only people in my in, entire family that drink, um, which is always a interesting 
uh, dynamic because my family gets together for New Year's every year. Sparkling grape juice. In the, uh, in the yeah, well, at one time it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we always get together for New Year. And so over time, I have very much uh, found an interest in wanting to drink on New Year's, if you believe that. Yeah. Um, but it's like always been <laughs> exactly, but it's always been at kind of at odds. Um, but as I've looked into it more and more, it's because, you know, go back to parents of parents, uncles of parents, things like that. Yeah. And on both sides of my family, there has been, um, very heavy alcohol dependency, yeah. alcohol abuse, spouse abuse because of alcohol, things yeah. like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I think, I think, I know that it's all. Um, out of caution um, and out of care to keep, you know, if right, yeah, to keep things from, from going that way. But man, um, I will say that a, a dry New Year's <laughs> in West Texas is uh, yeah, that's Char- something else. If I'm going to be around my family, I feel like I need to drink. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Like that, that's. <sighs> All in the same hotel in West oh Texas. Oh my God, that oh, yeah. sounds terrible. I'm telling sounds you, sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> I um, there's you just have to you have to bring at least something to yeah. something to sip on. Yeah, just so like a take, flask you keep in your back pocket. Of, yeah. yeah, just to relax. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a dependency. Don't yeah. worry, I, I won't be beating anyone or you right, know, right, right, driving a car off a bridge. But I would like a singular beer. It, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, one beer on New Year's Eve with your family is different than seven beers on a Wednesday night after yeah. getting yeah. home from work. At, at, yeah, at, yeah, at, the, at a second grader soccer game. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- different, different vibe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. as the kids are saying. Wait vibe. a minute, hold yeah. on. Now you say that uh, I am guilty of bringing a beer to my son's you know, <laughs> baseball game with a bunch of seven-year-olds, but, you know. That's because you can't watch baseball and not drink a beer. That's, that's true. That is. That's. I even had to get peanuts. So yeah. you know. that's a federal. There was. There were some court cases on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, legally it has to be. You well, know. It, well, and it's funny, Charlie. You bring that up because it, it, alcoholism does run in my family too, and I, I've made it a point anytime I am going some through some kind of emotional stress, the last thing. I think about I'm like I stay as far away from alcohol as possible during those moments. There's only been one time in my life where I indulged in that, and it was when it was a breakup from a girlfriend at the time. Right, and I decided after that I'm like, you know, you know what, this runs in my family. The last thing I want to do is become dependent on this. Yeah. So now I only drink when I'm when I want to have a good time, and it's like maybe once, maybe twice a month, and we're only talking a couple of drinks unless we're out in Paris. Like we are now, so I'm probably going to have quite a few more after this show. Yes. I believe it's pronounced None of us Pally. have had Pally? enough. Pally? Listen, none of us have had enough alcohol for it being almost 9 o'clock. That's sure. true. Well, speaking of that. We can solve that problem now, though. Well, yes, a, we can. A, it's time change in, in Paris. I can't remember how yeah, many. Yeah, 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 we're at a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're at about 19 minutes now, so I think we're going to go ahead and close this out. I want to thank my guests, Craig and Charlie, for being on the show. And... With that, if you enjoy the show, look us up on Facebook, Double Dutch Rider Podcast. You can also find us at find us find us at ddrpodcast.com. Thank you and good night.